Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Backmarkers F1 Show podcast. This is episode number 110. Today, we're going to be recapping the Styrian Grand Prix, which just took place this past weekend, and also looking ahead to the second part of the Austrian doubleheader, which is coming this weekend. I'm your host, Chris Cato. I'm going to be joined by Tyler and Shaker in just a moment. But of course, just a quick message from our sponsors before we get the podcast started. Support for the Backmarkers F1 Show is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0. You can join over 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer just for you guys, Backmarkers F1 Show subscribers. You can get 20% off and free worldwide shipping when you use the discount code BMF1SHOW at manscaped.com. And you've hear, you heard us ranting and raving about this razor the past couple of weeks because the craftsmanship and the details on this trimmer is just absolutely exceptional. And one of the best things that we've found about it so far is the little LED light that you get so you can never miss a spot and also the wireless charging system, which helps the battery last longer. And of course, this being a Formula One podcast, Shaker, Tyler, you guys know it's all about being as aerodynamically efficient as possible and Manscaped will help you do just that. So check out the discount code in the description below and also the pinned comment. Use it, BMF1Show at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping and trust trust Manscaped for the best below-the-waist men's grooming tools in the world. So thank you very much to Manscaped for that offer for our viewers. And also our longtime sponsor, thegpbox.com. We've got a bunch of discount codes in the description found in the video or in the podcast app down below. You can check out their website, thegpbox.com. They've recently done some very nice renovations to it, and you can find a bunch of really great motorsport art, phone cases, memorabilia, even some really cool F1 used car parts that you're really going to enjoy. So check out thegpbox.com and go to the video description or podcast app description below for some discounts and you can use it there. Okay, so now that we've got all the sponsorship out of the way, probably one of the most uh, latest podcasts that we've done uh, in the history of the Backmarkers F1 show here. We are recording this on a late Tuesday evening, and I'm going to bring, bring in my two co-hosts joining me here tonight, Tyler McDonald and Shaker Barty. Tyler, fresh off of a long shift at work, thanks for joining the program. Oh, thanks for having me. Another uh, fantastic weekend of Formula One racing, and uh, it's nice to be back on the podcast for another episode. We won't miss one, doesn't matter how late we are. We will not miss one, that's for sure. Absolutely. The show must go on, as they say. And the show must go on, still from Sudbury, Ontario, is Shaker Barty, man. How's it going? Good, good. And, you know, just finished working on movie set, and now I'm here. You know, it's like movie never ends, man. <laughs> <laughs> Still recording. <laughs> Our whole lives are a movie. <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah, well, I appreciate having you guys here tonight. Uh, going to be a shorter episode, I think, uh, just because probably one of the more uh, straightforward races, I would say, of the 2021 F1 World Championship was this Styrian Grand Prix. And toward the end, we're going to take a little bit of a, a time and also look ahead to the Austrian Grand Prix. Not much changing, uh, with the exception of the tire allocation for this weekend, but we're going to talk about it nonetheless. So let's get right into the business end of the Styrian Grand Prix. And this was a, a history-making race in many ways because it was Red Bull's fourth straight victory. And that has never happened before in this turbo hybrid era. It's been quite a long time since we've seen another team win four races in a row. Ferrari couldn't do it in 2017, 2018, but Red Bull has done it. 
four in a row. Max Verstappen, an absolute clinical victory. Lights to flag, pole position. Unfortunately, couldn't get the fastest lap, but Tyler, let's just start with you. I mean, what did you think overall of that Styrian Grand Prix and basically Red Bull's dominant victory at home at Spielberg? Uh, I think it was a gut punch to Mercedes and their championship hopes. Uh, it really was dominating, like you said. And um, you could take a pause of that Mercedes, if you're Mercedes, that they got two out of the three podium positions. Perez couldn't catch Bottas at the end, uh, but there was no stopping Max for stopping all weekend. And you know, Lewis tried his best, couldn't get up there. Valtteri had some good pace as well all weekend. Tough to see it with uh, his three pre- three-place grid penalty uh, for spinning in the pit lane. And then I know, Chris, you made a video about that uh, earlier on in the week. So make sure people go check out that video for Chris's uh, uh, points on that whole debacle that happened. Um, great video, by the way, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, but um, yeah, it's just a tough one for Mercedes to take, I think, because it really showed how good that Red Bull car is going to be around these, uh, you know, medium to high downforce circuits. And um, it's, it's, it's almost going to be copy paste. I would think for next weekend, barring a reliability issue. I don't know what you can change in, you know, four days before, you know, the Thursday or before Friday practice uh, to be able to try and come back and, and beat Max because um, it's not like it was a close race, could have gone either way. I mean, it looks like Max was pretty comfortable uh, for all 71 laps of that uh, Styrian Grand Prix. Yeah, I, like I, like you guys said, it was a pretty straightforward race overall. Um, like we say about Lewis, very classy drive from start to finish, you know, had, had uh, held pole the entire way. Uh, Great team drive in the end from Red Bull as well, uh, with Sergio almost, almost getting that uh, that third place podium. If he had maybe one more lap, he could have done it. Uh, yeah, I, I think it was just a great overall drive from Red Bull. Uh, great team placements, like I've already mentioned. So, yeah, it's it's just up from Red Bull from here on. Uh, you know, and like you said, there's nothing that any other team can do in the uh, coming up next week in the Austrian Grand Prix unless... We see some big power upgrades from Mercedes, which haven't been announced yet, so we can't really comment on those yet. Um, in, in the end, it's the, it's the exact opposite of what Red Bull have been experiencing the last few years with Mercedes. The, you know, they're faster, faster down the line, um, faster on the straights, on the corners. You know, the Mercedes have more of an advantage now where Red Bull did, but it's really those straight. It's really those straights where uh, Red Bull has made up that uh, deficit from last year. Yeah, I agree with you both. I don't think that there really is much that you can do to change in four days' time, obviously, with this triple header. I think the softer tires might come into play, so we might see a two-stop strategy as we, you know, kind of already dipping into uh, the Austrian Grand Prix preview section a little bit here. But uh, yeah, I I would agree. I'm not sure if they can do much because, like you said, Shaker, Red Bull look really, really fast in that straight line. And of course, there's three DRS zones at this Red Bull ring. So it's very, very tricky, I think, for Mercedes to try and pull off something in Spielberg. But like you said, Tyler, reliability or something like that could come into play. And of course, team strategy, if we do get a two-stop this coming weekend. Now, so yeah, now I wanted to also move on to this Mercedes question because, Shaker, you were asking, can they do anything with the engine and bring any upgrades? And it's been really interesting to see Mercedes because I've actually been quite disappointed with how they've acted as a team, sort of 
off track in terms of the comments in the press. And now I don't know if that's just gamesmanship or just, you know, th- that type of things. But I've kind of been pretty disappointed with the fact that they've dominated for the last seven years. They've other teams like Red Bull and Ferrari and up and down the grid have always given credit to Mercedes for their innovations, for the incredible cars that they've produced and their successes. But now it seems like when Red Bull have designed a very fast car and it seems like a better car at the moment than Mercedes, Mercedes are kind of complaining about it now and they're on the FIA almost every week with something new you know first it was the bendy wings then it was the pit stops things that's coming in now Tyler that you're going to bring up a little bit later on now it's they're potentially running an illegal engine or bringing in an engine upgrade so I just maybe curious as to know what you guys think but I just think Mercedes have been just way too complacent and maybe just give credit to where credit's due where Max Verstappen has been very very great this season Red Bull have put a whole lot of energy and focus resources and everything into this 2021 championship and they're just doing the better job at the moment so i think that mercedes total wolf especially are just kind of whining a little bit too much well and i think a little bit may have to do with the whole rake scenario and how uh, mercedes got punished for being too good pretty much and try to bring the field a little bit closer with the the new rake um limitations or how the aerodynamics affect the, the different rakes right um yeah. so um that also plays a part that i think they're kind of salty that they got directly attacked um this past off season to try and slow them down a little bit um but it's gamemanship like you said right it's you know they've been dominating so much and now they all of a sudden aren't the dominant car and that's a place they haven't been since 2013 um, when Rebel were in that position. So it's been a long time since we've seen them on the back foot trying to figure out, okay, what can we do to try and salvage a turbo hybrid sweep uh, in this in this latest era? So uh, you got to give all the credit to Red Bull. And like you said, the credit, they've given credit to Mercedes. Why can't Mercedes give credit the other way? Well, I think that will happen down the line, but we're too early in the season for them to give credit to Red Bull for for having a fantastic car. I think that they need to pl- they're playing the gamesmanship to try and maybe turn the table a little bit in more in favor of Mercedes just to get that little extra advantage like you said that first it was the bendy wings and now um of course as we mentioned before how fast those Red Bull pit stops are another 2 second pit stop even it may even sub 2 second pit stop again this weekend from Red Bull um, the new pit stop uh, regulation that we don't know a lot about yet, uh, but it will be coming in for Hungary that will basically um, make pit stops a little bit longer so that uh, you can relay. You have to check pretty much the wheel nut and make sure that it's on. There, there's a two-tenth. Um, two-tenth, you have to have that within two-tenths or after two-tenths. It's very, very complicated. I don't know how the FIA are going to regulate it. I encourage everyone to read the new regulation uh, to get a better understanding on it. Um, There's no slow-motion automatic replay. NASCAR has a fantastic pit stop system where uh, automated um, cameras basically tell you if a crew member is over the wall too early, that's a penalty in NASCAR. If all the lug nuts aren't secured properly, that's a penalty in NASCAR. It was a penalty. Uh, it's changed since. Or if you're out uh, too far out of the box or, or whatever, it, or your pits box, that's a penalty. And um, 
all these automated systems from NASCAR, they have a fantastic job. So maybe FIA, the FIA will implement that into F1. Maybe they'll work together. I don't know how it's going to work. Um, I've kind of gone off topic here. And, and anyways, in, no the problem. End, <laughs> in the end, uh, Mercedes, it, it's all gamesmanship to try and get a little bit of advantage, in my opinion. Yeah, and to be honest, I, I, I feel like they're just targeting specifically Red Bull because they're so close. I think we have to give uh, credit to Honda overall as a as a manufacturer because they've really stepped up their game in the in the AlphaTauri as well. We've seen a big step up from how their car performed last year. Um, I think the only thing AlphaTauri really needs to work out is the arrow of their car where, you know, Red Bull already had it. Red Bull had the arrow. They had everything together. And it seemed like kind of last year when – you know, every team was kind of struggling with COVID. Uh, they kind of focused more in on this year. You know, they didn't provide a lot of upgrades last year. Uh, they really zoned in into the 2021 season. Uh, they kind of made it theirs. And, you know, but like like I said, it's it's it's, it's Honda overall as a manufacturer that really stepped up their game this year um, with AlphaTauri. You know, we saw Sonoda, Sonoda's performance this, uh, this, uh, this last weekend. He, he did amazing. You know, he... Uh, even the week before that, he came from 20th place to, I think, almost, you know, being close to in the top 10. So I think he was like 13th or 14th or something like that. So I think overall, it's 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 Honda. It's, Honda. it's, it's not just specifically Red Bull, uh, you know, that, that that have done it. it it's, they provided so much to both both, both, uh, both, uh, both AlphaTauri and Red Bull this year. That's a really good point, Shaker, actually, because if you, like, would give a most improved award over the Turbo Hybrid season... Yeah, or or years, it has to be Honda, like you said. It's yeah. just phenomenal. Yeah, they they like I, I don't know what they did. I know I know it's one of their you know they're thinking of backing out of the season, uh, backing out of F one, and then just providing. I think they what have another year or something like that. Just this or they're season. still going to be just this season, right? So it's 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 kind of Honda's you know last hurrah to to show what they can basically uh, before they step out of F one again. 100%. And they've done a fantastic job. They brought that 22, 2022 engine ahead, obviously, for this year. And they've got the power. Seems like they've got the reliability so far. So I think that's that's what it is. So you guys bring up excellent points there. I think do that... we... Sorry, Chris. I thought you were... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, do we know where Red Bull are getting their engines next year? or? So they've taken oh. over the intellectual property from Honda. And okay. I believe they're sort of doing that process on their own now to create uh, yeah. Red Bull powertrains. I see. Okay. Yeah, which which is great because now you know before they were so limited, uh, where you know Mercedes designs their engines and their aero and everything, where they were designing the aero and you know all all the hydraulics and stuff like that, and leaving just the engine to Honda and having that combination of the two, uh, I guess almost the three of them working all that out gives so much to Red Bull because that was their biggest complaint with Renault, you know, they didn't get, they didn't get uh, stay on their engine. They didn't say, you know, they, they didn't get to work with your arrow. Uh, so I think, I think it's a great, uh, great way for Red Bull to kind of get a little step up and, you know, they're probably already thinking ahead to the 2022 season with, with what they have, you know, what can they improve on? So. It's definitely a tricky balance and also credit has to go to Red Bull's setup. I think that they find a, mm -hmm. they found a mm -hmm. sweet spot with their setup since the Spanish Grand Prix and they're able to run a little bit less downforce and, and to try and maximize that straight line speed. They're also running those skinnier rear wings uh, in comparison to Mercedes. So they've, I think, just done a better job in, in trying to improve upon the weaknesses of their car. They even had some updates at the Styrian Grand Prix. Now, Mercedes post-race said that they're not really going to bring any upgrades 
or any extra bits to the car but now that's been changed obviously so again there's that gamesmanship that tyler was talking about so they were going to be bringing some updates to the car in the next couple of races before the summer break which is to be expected right i mean i don't think any of us expect mercedes to roll over just because red bull won four races in a row Mm -hmm. it's we still believe it's going to be a close championship but definitely i think mercedes have some you know, I think they need to look inwards a little bit, and they're kind of in disarray at the moment. They've been rattled a little bit by Red Bull in the last couple of races, and I just think that they're going to need to regroup a little bit and, and come back strong for, for after the summer break because we only have, I think, two or three more races until then. But, yeah, I think all credit has to do has to go to Verstappen and to Red Bull because in the last couple of years we've given all credit to Hamilton and Mercedes. So very interesting to see how that whole on- and off-track battle is playing out so far. Yeah, it really is. And it's going to be interesting to see when the give up point is, when the, okay, it's over point is for Mercedes because they don't want to sacrifice that 2022 development just to, you know, get this year, right? And, you know, you always have to look into the future no matter, you know, what, if you're building a sporting team, if you're building a business, it's all about, okay, how can we improve in the future and make sure that we are set up for success for years to come? And it's going to be important for Mercedes not to get, you know, very, you know, close-sighted on, okay, we have to sweep and and win the championship in 2021. We can't let our legacy fall for this last year. Um, It's going to be important for them to continue to look forward and ahead uh, and try and come out in 2022 dominant like they did before, which I'm sure a lot of people don't want to see. Uh, But in the end, you always have to build your business that way. Yeah. And uh, sorry, another point I wanted to raise on the last question was I also think that Red Bull and Honda kind of had no choice but to step up their engine because we have to think back to Max Verstappen's uh, contract. If Red Bull didn't see an improvement in 2021 season, he is he was ready to walk away. He could he had a free choice of any team he wanted to go to. His contract ran out if they didn't step up. I believe it was 2021, might be 2022. Um, but I, I remember a few years ago when he resigned, uh, his dad had brought up the point that if Red Bull doesn't make an improvement to the other competitors, he they're willing to shop. And I think it was more of a turning point for them than anything. You know, if, if they lose Max Verstappen, they, they lose, you know, all the years of development that they've had in that car, basing the team around him too. So, yeah, I, I think you're right. Mercedes, uh, Mercedes, Mercedes have, has to step up. You know, they can't just sit back. You can't be, you know, dominating for seven years and, you know, a team gets a better of you in four races and be like, no, we give up. You know, it's, you can't, you can't, they can't be a seven-time championship winning team, you know? Yeah, it will be interesting to see how these next couple of races play out after we head to Silverstone and then Hungary as well, but... Red Bull is definitely all in on this 2021 championship. And I know 2022 is a massive project for all the teams and it could determine the shaking or the, you know, the order for the next couple of years. But regardless, Red Bull aren't going to make the mistakes that some other teams have made in the past. They're going to push 100% for this championship. And with the points you guys brought up as well, with the development that Honda has made, and of course the team as well, and the support from Sergio Perez in that second driver role, they're 110% in to win this championship. So I think that might have caught Mercedes a little off guard this season. But nonetheless, uh, very interesting. And another very good, solid win for Max Verstappen in Styria. And who knows, he might just do it again in a couple of days' time. Okay, so moving on to the rest of the grid, we don't have too much other talking points from the Styrian Grand Prix because it was, it was I don't want to use the word boring this year because 
the thrilling aspect of the 2021 championship makes every race interesting for me personally anyways but moving on then to driver of the day which i completely disagree with let me just say that off the top because the driver of the day should not be a guy who essentially took you know two or three other drivers out of the race but we are talking about charles leclerc <laughs> and ended up having a really good second stint to the race as well with his teammate carlos science but it's it's a tricky one for Leclerc because he's still kind of making some of these clumsy errors. And even later on in the race against Kimi Raikkonen sort of made this similar error where he just cut him off a little earlier and took out parts of his front wing. But, uh, you know, if, do you guys agree with him being getting driver of the day? And if not, then who would you, who, who would you have given it to? Well, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from with he didn't take a few drivers out of the race, Latifi, Gasly. Um, almost raking in, uh, you know, it, it was it was clumsy, like you said. But Leclerc is an aggressive driver. He's an aggressive defender. Uh, he's an aggressive overtaker. We've seen this many times before, especially with battles with Max Verstappen. How aggressive they get with each other. Uh, battles with his teammate Sebastian Vettel, of course, as we all remember uh, last year and the year before. Um, is he my driver of the day? I can understand why people voted for him because he did gain the most positions. Um, my driver of the day was actually Lando Norris. Um, I thought he was phenomenal all race, very consistent, and um, did a great job to, to bring home P5 and another very solid race for himself, staying P, uh, P4 in the championship, I think he is still. Um, so that was my driver of the day personally, but uh, I don't think a lot of people voted for Norris. I think it was between Verstappen and, and Leclerc. Um, yeah, Um I, I, I have pretty much the same points as Tyler. I see where people are coming from, where, you know, voting for him as driver of the day, like, like you said, he made up, he made, made up the most good points, recovered from his mistakes. Um, again, personally, I, I wouldn't, he's not my driver of the day. Um, but I, I, I see where people are coming from. You know, it's, it's, they base it on grid positions. They base it on, you know, the amount of overtakes. Personally, for me, it was Yuki Tsunoda. Um, I think, you know, with Pierre Gasly being knocked out right at the beginning of the race, he was crucial for him to get those points. Um, he was pushing, you know, uh, the all of qualifying, um, right? even listening to um, some of the radios afterwards. I think there was one where he was trying to, he was right behind Alonso. And mm-hmm. they like told him to keep pushing, keep pushing, and he's like, "Man, I am. Like, yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do?" <laughs> so I, I think personally for me, it has to be Yuki Sonoda just for you know recovering, at least getting getting one that one crucial point for his team. Uh, you know, and that's exactly what he needs to do. He hasn't been there the last few weeks. You know, it's been Pierre Gasly a lot getting those points, and with him being knocked down on the first lap of the race, it, it was crucial for him to get there. Uh, in the end, you know, a point is a point. It's good. That point could be crucial to the end of the championship season to see where they place. So, Yeah, I probably would have agreed, given it to, I'd say, Lando, if I had to rank it, I would give it like Lando Norris, Max Verstappen, and then I'd throw it like Lance Stroll in there too, that P8 finish mm-hmm. for Aston Martin. I think he had actually a really Absolutely. good race. And if you, I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys saw the top 10 onboards that F1 released. He was very racy. His overtakes were very solid. Him and Alonso again having some good battles this season. I know there's some history there, but it's nice to see that they've uh, got some great respect for each other on the track. So, yeah, I'd throw out Lance Stroll in there. And, of course, uh, Lance Stroll, uh, uh, I guess not necessarily a tribute, but I guess support for the Montreal Canadiens who 
are in the Stanley Cup Finals. He's got the uh, logo on the top of his crash helmet, which was cool to see. Of course, Montreal native. So didn't bring him luck for game one, but hopefully uh, this coming <laughs> weekend he can try and get them some better luck for game two. A couple of uh, auto connections there, boys, as well as, as we're from Ottawa. Uh, we have our own NHL team, the Ottawa Senators, just for people who don't know much about hockey. Um, I know we have a lot of Dutch listeners. Daniel Sprong, a Dutch hockey player in the mm. NHL. Um, but uh, a couple auto connections. Paul Byron uh, plays for the Montreal Canadiens uh, in the Stanley Cup final. He's an Ottawa boy. Played for the local junior B team that I went and watched as a kid, uh, the Ottawa Golden Knights. And their current head coach, uh, or interim head coach, because their coach is right now on COVID uh, isolation, uh, Luke Richardson is also an Ottawa boy, played for Ottawa's Gold Knights as well, played for the Ottawa Senators. Uh, so nice to see some Ottawa connections uh, yeah. in the Stanley Cup Finals. How great would it have been if the New York Islanders played and Pajot ended up beating the Canadians? Yeah, that would have been, that'd have been <laughs> interesting too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it pains me to, you know, cheer for the Montreal Canadiens, but, like, it's Canada versus U.S. So I can't not, you know, root for the Canadiens, so... All about Canada. Yeah, All Canada is. here. <laughs> you know, in England, you know, football's coming home. While in hockey, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the Stanley Cup has to come home. Let's to hope, Canada. man. Let's hope. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It's a really busy sports summer, you know, with everything going. On. I think we'll uh, the Olympics in this, are coming up next. Yeah, too. I was about to say. I think in the summer break, we'll we'll do like a fan Q and A podcast, which open to anything. We'll talk a lot of different sports then too. I, I'm just I'm going off topic here quickly, but um, I would love to see, and I don't know why this should have been a thing, F1 in the Olympics, and it, it was easy to do this year in Japan because you could have brought them to it moved the Japanese Grand Prix up and and you know had all the Matt Suzuka, and it would have been pretty cool to see an F1 race as or you know we have one or maybe have two on the Saturday and the Sunday um, F1 races in the Olympics. And I don't know why the most popular sport. Or maybe not the most popular sport, but um, you know one of the the highest uh, sports in the world isn't in the Olympics. Uh, we see pretty much every other big sport in the Olympics as well. So uh, just because F one loses money, <laughs> just put them well, in the They probably would. No, you're right. It is. They, all about they don't money. get to. They don't get to get. They don't get all their sponsors. They literally just probably put F one, and they probably can't even use Formula One. They probably have to use like some other sort of name for the Olympics. Yeah, no, I you're assume. right. It would all go down to money, yeah. But I'll tell you what, like you could put, like, because I, I, I've been advocating this. I mean, like, I'm, I'm not that much of a fan of the Olympics as I used to be, but I always advocated to put, like, you know, like mixed martial arts in the Olympics and then have that. But you could do auto racing yeah. in the Olympics and just put them in like go karts or something. Yeah, well, like it doesn't have to be Formula One cars. It can just literally, like, you know, they can come up with their own concept of, you know, a racing car and, and racing yeah. that. It doesn't, yeah. So um, it doesn't need to be a Formula One. We, we see that drivers, you know, transfer over to other racing sports like uh, Magnussen um, being a prime example, Marcus Ericsson, Roman Grosjean. So it's, there's, you know, it's, it's possible. Yeah, for sure. It would have been cool. Uh, maybe just last one that's a bit off topic. Who do you think Roman Grosjean was cheering for in the Switzerland and France game? Because he was born in Switzerland, but he is a Frenchman oh, officially. I, I will say. French. See, it's, it's France. It has to be France. His, um, he had an Instagram post about this. His wife is from Switzerland, I believe, and he's from France, and he was supporting France that game. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Well, it was just like when when Pierre Gasly won uh, got got P one, and he was just like, ah, first Frenchman to win in like twenty years, you know, like he's got he got some pride in over France for sure. Um, I Roman Grosjean also put another Instagram post supporting the Montreal Canadiens. Bring it all back yeah. around here. Bring it all back. <laughs> he was supporting the Montreal Canadiens. He has a Grosjean Montreal Canadiens jersey, so that's pretty cool. I don't know, maybe Stroll gave that to him as a present. I don't know how that works, but I love it. I love it. Yeah. I didn't know Grosjean was a hockey yeah. fan. I have to get him to uh, maybe we'll, we'll do that. We'll try to get Grosjean to an NHL game, and we can bring him to his first hockey game. In there you go. All right. Well, Look there we go. That video is yeah. coming in a couple of years. <laughs> All right. We'll wrap up this edition of Sports Center as we move on to the next uh, <laughs> last couple of things uh, from the Styrian Grand Prix. But yes, we we are obviously big sports fans, so hopefully uh, we'll do another podcast where we can elaborate a lot more on other events happening in the sporting world but uh last thing or last couple of things for me i wanted to touch on when you brought up tyler lando norris i'm still surprised to see his teammate daniel ricardo struggling this much and i know that he had a better result in france and before that in spain had had a much better result too of course some rough races in the streets of monaco and baku but this weekend he was i believe what was it second or third in one of the free practice sessions, I was like, wow, Danny Rick, you know, his pace is looking very good. And then just fell apart in qualifying, got out-qualified by Williams. And then in the race, obviously had some engine issues, but I don't think that his pace would have been that great to maybe finish higher than, you know, ninth or eighth, I think, at best. So it's really tough for McLaren, though, because Lando Norris is single-handedly keeping them third in the Constructors' Championship. But, you know, Carlos Sainz and, Le- and uh, Charles Leclerc on the Ferrari side are, are doing really good as a team tandem. But Daniel Ricciardo, I, I must admit that I was wrong about this partnership early on in the season. So it just means more credit to Lando Norris because he's been phenomenal this season. But I am a little bit surprised that after all these races, he's still not completely at home in that McLaren. I think we have to see how he is after the summer break. Um, we saw the transition period in Renault take a little while, uh, but look how it turned out at the end. He got two podiums last year. Um, we have to see, I think... We, we give him a little bit more time and, and see how he goes uh, in that McLaren. I think after the summer break is a huge tell. Um, he'll have to do a lot of work in that summer break to get more comfortable with the car, whether we, whether it's uh, simulations or um, maybe getting some, some testing in somewhere. I'm not sure how what the testing rules are. Uh, but it's, it's important for him to really work hard to, to come out in the second half of the season very strong. So... We'll see. I don't think uh, people should give up hope yet. Um, you know, Danny Rick is a fighter. He's a, he's an Aussie. He's got grit, uh, and I'm sure that uh, he will he'll come back. And I'm, I I still think he'll get a podium this year in the McLaren. Yeah, yeah I, I sorry. I was gonna say yeah. It's I agree with Chris. I, I haven't I I what, I was expecting more from Ricardo at this point as well. Especially because, you know, we, we've we seen him at the Steering Grand Prix. We've seen him at, the, you know, the previous races. And he's always performed well, even when he was in the Renault. Uh, still, you know, in his first season. Um, but, yeah, it seems like Daniel Ricciardo always does better when there's more of a break in between races. Um, especially with the summer break coming up. I, I think we will we'll definitely see more of him, like Tyler said. Um but yeah, it's it's surprising, you know. It's 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 we were expecting the change from uh, going from basically a Renault engine to a Renault engine to not be that that big. Um, 
especially because, you know, McLaren and Renault were, were on par basically last year. So it's surprising, but I, I, I definitely see, you know, what he's got a three-year contract with, with McLaren. So, you know, I, I definitely see him making major improvements uh, to that car, to that team overall. So I, I, I think we have, we'll see more from this partnership. We can't all be Sergio Perez and Max Verstappen in their first season. So, Yeah, that's true, right? I mean, <laughs> it's just a shame because the, the McLaren car is, is good this year. It's quick. And, of course, Norris is showing that. But I, I think maybe that's just it is that Norris has just been so good. And I just I noticed a big change with him this year. Maybe it's just me, but he's just a lot more serious. And not that he wasn't before, but it just seems like he's so laser focused in on this task this year at McLaren. And I think that that's partly also because of Daniel Ricciardo, because of the quality that they were bringing into that McLaren team. So Norris had to step his game up. So well, yeah, hopefully he even got upset when Alonso overtook him in the media pen. Oh yeah, the undercut, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was a pretty quick interview too. It was a quick interview. I think I think Alonso did that just for jokes, but yeah. yeah. So. Well, so I want to comment. Alonso seems so much more relaxed on the, this year than his last season. In oh F1. my god! Like, oh yeah. Like it just was like major difference from Alonso from when he was when he was on the uh, when he was on McLaren. So it's it's good to see. Well, it's like in, in I think it was in Q two, and he's like, you know, I don't know, I don't know where we finish. I don't care, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah, that one. Yeah, it was exactly. He was like, I, I had fun. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is like that. This race had at least like three or four unbelievable from Fernando. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, I'm like, yes, he's back. Yeah. Uh, before we finish up, I also want to comment on George Russell's drive. I know it wasn't what he wanted, but you know that qualifying and you know ended up what he ended up starting in P10 ended up dropping out when he was in p9 so that that's great for williams as a team overall to see uh, those improvements and uh, i know i know it hurts for george russell to be you know whenever he's having a good race something always bad happens to him uh that's very unfortunate but i definitely see you know the last week we've seen williams improve so much from the beginning of this season you know so it, it's it's great to see that as well yeah just touching up on that too shaker i mean how positive was george after the race yeah. too? he goes hey, well, we're this together it's okay yeah you know if stuff happens like we'll, we'll get points next week which i think he has a good shot at getting points and mm-hmm. i'm going to put it out there i think nicholas latifi has a good shot at maybe snatching or, or at least coming close to some points next weekend too he got taken out this last week uh by by leclerc pretty much ended his race um but he had a very good qualifying lap maybe his best qualifying we've seen out of latifi in his F1 career so far. He was so close to getting out of Q3. I was, I was hoping for him as a Canadian. Uh, but um, I think that he can come back and, and have a really good weekend next week as well. So watch it for the Williams. I think they have maybe uh, this is the track that they need to give them a little bit of, of a boost. And I could see them getting points this next weekend. Mm-hmm. we very well could see it i agree with both of you i think with russell too he was running as high as p8 and that was on merit too you know no it was only yeah. one or two retirements and he was there on pure pace so in latifi's case too i think he's been so close this year to that q2 cutoff i think in france missed it by a couple thousands here he missed it by a couple of hundreds uh just quick birthday shout out as well happy 26th birthday to nicholas latifi yeah. which was <laughs> on tuesday 
So, yeah, I think that Latifi, although the results might not show it, he has been closer this year to Russell, um, but it just hasn't come together for him. It's been, you know, a couple hundreds here or there. So, yeah, I think watch out for Williams this, uh, this weekend. Hopefully they can bring it together. And if they get some luck with, you know, retirements or safety cars, anything like that, then that might be able to help them out. But, uh, yeah, very, very positive signs from Russell, too, to be able to be kind of shug it off afterwards of what was a really tough Absolutely. DNF. And to be two one thousands of a second off a, a Renault car uh, in Q3, I think that's fantastic from Williams. That's major improvements from the last few years. So, Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, I think that about does it for the Styrian Grand Prix. I mean, we've kind of jumped around a little bit to go through uh, the entire grid order. I mean, I know we, we didn't touch on teams like Haas and everything, but, uh, you know. Oh, I do want to comment on that. Good for Gunter Steiner, though, the fuck owning Mazda's spin. And, you know, like, I know everybody yeah. was making fun of him, but good, that is yeah. a good team manager right there. So, you know, he's like, I'm, we might as well own it because people are going to keep doing it. And <laughs> Mazepin was all on board for it, too. He was, yeah. I watched the video yeah. today. He was laughing his, his head yeah. off with the whole spin top. Yeah. Thing, so, I mean, good for that. I, I love Credit. how he can spin his car, but he can't spin the top. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really good. Yeah, I agree. You know, credit to Mazepin. I know yeah. he's got a lot of haters and a lot of enemies, but it's, you know, he's not... Ma- Again, we, we criticize some of his on-track things, but otherwise it's been pretty quiet, you know, and, and no issues there. And yeah, I mean, good to see from Haas that, that they've made a joke about it. So I guess we're free to joke from now on about Mazepin because he's even laughing about it. Yeah, so. well, let's just hope Mick gets that chair changed though, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's an interesting rumor floating around, yeah, right? Mick to Alfa Romeo. Oh yeah! Did you not hear about this? Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about. No, I. I I'm literally talking about his chair. Uh, oh. Apparently, uh, <laughs> oh. apparently, you, you did hear about this. I did because yeah, so, I retweeted that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, uh, apparently, Stubb and Mick were talking, and not at the Steven Grand Prix, but at the France France Grand Prix. And apparently, Mick was complaining about his chair, like his actual seat in his car is just like uncomfortable. It's just like sitting sideways or something. And apparently, Sub went to Mick's mom and told his mom. And his mom told Gunter, he's like, you got to change out his chair. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's, man, this is, that's a, that is a. It's adorable. I got to say, it was adorable. Yeah. It's, uh, uncle Seb. That's Uncle yeah. Seb looking out for his nephew. You know, you gotta gotta change the seat. Yeah, it's just, like, just so great. You know, the entire spin is like Mick's like, oh no, I just I don't want to tell them. You know, they work so hard on it. I just it's too. I don't want to tell them. Isn't it seat fit like one of the easiest things they like, have? One uh, apparently, do? but apparently they screwed it up. I don't know what they did. Maybe their car wasn't worked out when they did the seat fitting, and like they added some parts and they changed it. But yeah, it was it was really surprising. That was that I was really surprised to hear that but one. Didn't Mazepin have a seat issue last race in France too? Maybe no, I don't he, had, know. Like, I he had like bubbles. He felt like he had bubbles in the back of his seat. I don't know. I think that's what he said. Well, and and like Vettel's really rubbing off on Mick too, because you see we've got Inspector oh, Mick yeah, Inspector as well. Mick. Yeah, yeah, that's I didn't right. see that at the end. You went to the McLaren car. That's what it was. Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so like fu- it. it's so funny you called him as like nephew or, or uncle or whatever, because it's <laughs> totally Seb, like that. Yeah, it's Uncle Seb. It's hundred yeah. percent what it is. And well, it's like, so it's awesome. Just- yeah, it's great, man. It's you know he looked up to my Michael Schumacher for so long, and to be able to take on Mick as basically his protege, uh, because that's what that's what that's what he was to, to Michael Schumacher. You know, like he was in, 
He was a German driver who ended up racing for Ferrari. And, you know, Mick's probably going to end up being on the same track. Maybe not Ferrari right away, but it's it's really nice to see that, you know, that that downplay of, you know, of how, how, the, how they all started and, you know, where they are now. Mm. Yep, that's your wholesome content of the day for sure. <laughs> so, yeah, very, very cool to see. Okay, uh, just to wrap up quickly on this episode, we look ahead then to the 2021 Austria, Austrian Grand Prix, which is in a couple of days' time. Of course, no uh, A to Z guide for this race because it's essentially the same. So if you guys want to get you know get to know the circuit a little bit more or the history of the Grand Prix, just check out the video that we released uh, from the previous week. But the only comment I want to make about this race, uh, we kind of really touched on it throughout the episode, but the only interesting thing that I'm going to be paying attention for is obviously the softer tire allocation and whether the teams will qualify, especially the top teams in Q2 on the C3 tire, because the C3 tire this week is essentially last week's medium tire. So it's a little bit complicated there. But if you remember back to last year in Silverstone, I believe the second race, we saw this in Q2 where the teams went out on that hard tire, the white sidewall tire. So it's really the only thing I'm going to look out for and whether or not we're probably going to see, I think, some two-stop strategies here because I don't know if that degradation is going to be low enough to, to be able to pull out a one-stop. Yeah, well, maybe. yeah. Go ahead, Jaker. Go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, it's also going to be all based on track temperature. I know the track temperature was a little bit lower this week because they were expecting rain or this mm. past week. So going to kind of all depend on what the track temperature is like in the end too good point yeah it'll be interesting to see because i remember last year steering grand prix there was a lot of retirements because of reliability mm-hmm. but was i forget if it was steering grand prix was first and austrian grand prix was second or whichever one it was so i just wonder if you know all those laps in austria and, the, and those very you know unforgiving curbs in austria at the steering Grand Prix will then relate to maybe some retirements in the Austrian Grand Prix, just to, again, another weekend on those very aggressive yeah. curbs that we see in Austria. So that's another thing I would, I would watch out for for this coming weekend. Yeah, and it seemed like, uh, well, Max, more specifically, was having some issues on that, on what, on curb eight or uh, turn eight or turn nine where the curb is, and mm-hmm. he was told to stay off of it at one point. So, yeah, it's a very good point, Tyler. Yeah, of course, weather too could be a factor. I haven't checked the forecast yet. I think it's supposed to be clear, but you never know. <laughs> if you guys stall for three seconds, I can find it for you. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so I, I did wanted to mention, actually, because we were discussing this off the air, um, we maybe just wanted to mention it now if uh, our viewers have made it this far. I think we might be trying to do a qualifying live stream for this Saturday morning. I know, unfortunately, Tyler is working in the AM, but Shaker is available, and of course, uh, myself as well. So if uh, checked out our Twitter, at TBMF1Show, and also the community tab on our YouTube channel, and we'll post it there hopefully within the next 24 hours or so. Uh, we haven't done one in a while. Of course, we had some uh, some issues with the our setup, but now we've got that fixed and, and sort of back to where it was before. So hopefully we can uh, get that this Saturday. And uh, of course, not many races left uh, in this summer season. So we'd like to just maybe get one in there. Did you find it yet? <laughs> no, I, I, it's loading. Sorry, okay. <laughs> there was an issue. Um, it's thunderstorming today. If you look, if you're looking at that, yeah, it's, it's it was the same last week. It was a couple of days before the track. It was a big rain, and then overnight, but nothing actually on the day. So yeah, I've got oh, <laughs> don't get our hopes up now. I will get your hopes up. Friday, twenty three, sunny. Saturday, twenty five, sunny. Sunday, sixty three percent of percent chance of rain. <laughs> Uh, so we will see 
if there's a possibility of rain for the Austrian Grand Prix. It's out there. Yeah. Wait, I've what, cursed it. What, what does Martin... Now that we've said it, it's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> what does Martin Brundle always say? Like, oh, there's a 60% chance. So that means a 40% chance that it won't rain. So Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We'll see. 30, 36% chance it won't rain, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. Turn 40. Yeah, better than 40. Yeah, well, it'll be an interesting race. Of course, I uh, can't believe we're already wrapped up on this triple header. It's just so crazy how these races are flying by. It is round nine, of course, of p- potential t- uh, 23 races this season. So, yeah, it will be very interesting. I like how you throw the word potential in there. I, I know. it's. I've had to, like, print out three different schedules already this yeah. year to keep up. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, boys, thank you very much for for joining me here tonight. It's been a a late one, and I know you guys are coming from work and and doing your own thing, so always appreciate uh, you guys making time for the podcast. Thanks for having me. We'll see you uh, next week after the race. Should be a fun one. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, we'll do the podcast, so I'm glad to be back. (laughs) Yeah, and we really enjoyed uh, having you guys here to join us for this episode 110. We really appreciate uh, all the positive and and kind comments that you guys have been giving us on our couple of podcasts. Um, You know, some of you saying that uh, it's your favorite podcast out there, which uh, is you know, just a, a really big honor for us uh, because there's so much. Why we do it, man? Yeah, no, it really is, and it and it's you know we not to obviously pump our own tires but that that keeps the motivation going for us to to do these episodes late at night and and to edit them early on into the morning to get this out for you guys so just to see the community that we're growing is is really great and we really do appreciate it so thank you very much to all of our subscribers if you're new to the channel please do consider subscribing to the channel and if you're on youtube click the bell for all notifications and if you're on uh, spotify or listening on itunes just give our podcast a good rating so it uh, moves up there in the charts of the best podcasts out there in the world. So uh, thank you for the support, and we'll be back with episode 111 after the Austrian Grand Prix. So for Shaker Barty and Tyler McDonald, I've been Chris Cato for this episode. We will see you guys after the race. Enjoy it. Take care.